0: Hey friends, it's Mike from Theology on Mission Podcast. It is the summer, so Dave and I aren't doing any podcasts, but we do have two still in the hopper that we recorded over a month ago. So this one was recorded back in the beginning of May, and next week we'll be dropping another episode of a long interview we did with Sarah Coakley when she was in town for our lectures. So we're going to take more of a break this summer, but coming right back at you in the fall. Thanks for listening.
1: All right, Mike Moore. It's so good. I know I say this all the time. I still mean it. It's so good to be back in the studio. It's
0: so good to be back.
1: Northern <laughs> Seminary live. Wait, no, 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 no.
0: Yeah, we're live. I no, we're not. We're live for you we're, and me.
1: We're right this, now we're live. This this is live. <laughs> theology on Mission podcast. We're theology. Engages the issues of culture for Christ and his mission, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Uh, we're in a new uh, studio space, right? Is this new?
0: I, yeah, I don't think we've done a podcast. I think we've here been yet.
1: moving around from space to space to space for the last mm, two or three years. <laughs> yeah, that's right. According to the whims and fancies of Mike Moore, but I do like the space. We're right next to a window. Uh, can you hear the traffic? I don't think, well, I can hear it. I don't think anybody else can hear it, though. <laughs> we hope no one else can hear it because we want to convey peace.
0: Yes, uh, a sense of peace. A sense of peace. Right before a busy few weeks for us.
1: Oh, yeah. You want to make some announcements yeah, got, before we uh, begin?
0: We've got two intensives, one next week with Greg Boyd teaching, one the following week with Mark Mulder, Yes, teaching. and then next week uh, the the big event for us is the theology mission lectures with Sarah Coakley, right before graduation. What is the
1: title? Do you know it off the top of your head? Um,
0: I don't. I, do you want me to make it up? Oh wait! Oh here here it is here it is here it is. It is. Never mind. Uh, oh, no, here it, here it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, lecture one: racism and sin, reassessing their relation. And lecture two. The ground of union, contemplation, desire, and our response to the interior landscape of racism. You
1: know that sounds so heavy, but I, it's gonna be good. I, knowing Sarah Coakley and her work, it's gonna be so good.
0: That's uh, gonna be great.
1: So, if you have time, folks, make your way down to uh, New Mount Pilgrim Baptist Church, on the West Side of Chicago. Missionary Baptist yeah. Church. Yep. And, uh, yeah, and, and it's a glorious place. It's Beautiful. absolutely spectacular, and uh, we look forward to Sarah being with us. All right, so uh, our topic for today, you know, we're going to do, are we going to fit in one or two podcasts before we shut it down for the summer?
0: Uh, well, this one, in, uh, also, I didn't tell you this. Uh, Sarah said she'd be on a podcast with us next week. If we
1: All do right. so Fabulous. Yeah. So we'll get her on the podcast, and we'll do uh, maybe a closing podcast mm-hmm. for the season before we wrap it up for the summer, yep. but uh, I wanted to engage, you know, last week or a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Brandon Robertson on, mm-hmm. and we're digging in to the issues of sexuality, gender, yeah. uh, and what it means to be a Christian, um, and and I, I, I wanted to kind of use this opportunity to delve a little more deeper, dangerously so, a little more deeper, <laughs> and uh, so here's my topic for today. Are you ready, Michael? I am ready. All right, I put on my Twitter feed, and by the way, my Facebook feed, uh, which you can get, no, just find it. Uh, uh, But I I put on those feeds this statement. The move to recognize the ordination of women alongside men is not a slippery slope towards liberalism. It's a move toward, or an on-ramp to, the revival of the Spirit's work among us. It's a move away from the unmanaged authority of hierarchy to the spirit's authority manifested in the mutuality made possible in the gifts. It's a return to the New Testament church. I I know that was kind of long, but, dude, the reason why I like it is it says so much. It unpacks so many things. Um, And and so what I want to do is I want to unpack it, but I want to unpack it. In relation to what somebody responded to on my Twitter feed, somebody said, (coughs) Excuse me, somebody said, This is not consistent with my stance on LGBTQ sexuality and the church. I want to unpack that a little bit because actually I think this um, tweet might reveal a lot that makes sense helps make sense out of some of the things I say about the way the church should engage uh, LGBTQ sexuality and gender issues in the church.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a, that's probably an argument that you've heard um, in response to you in the past, right?
1: Um... I don't know if I've ever heard it. Well, huh, really? I, I know I've thought it. I don't know if I've ever heard people you, accuse me of You've thought that. of that
0: counter-argument to your argument? Uh,
1: yeah. I actually think yeah. uh, that uh, my understanding of men and women together in leadership in the church makes perfect sense of how I feel the church should engage LGBTQ sexuality. Yeah, and maybe I should tell people right. in three sentences or less my position on lgbtq sexuality in the church go for
0: it but three sentence or less
1: it's going to be really difficult because it's complex <laughs> but but let's just go three sentences one i don't believe the church should make a position statement a policy statement from a position of power top down on sexuality in the church mm-hmm. I don't believe we should do things like... Ooh, this is still part of the first sentence. I don't believe we should do things like uh, affirm or not affirm LGBTQ sexuality mm-hmm. uh, from a positional statement from the church because I believe there are so many complex issues at work in sexuality that uh, need to be worked out on the ground up. Yeah. On the other hand, I feel... Um I, I like I don't I don't think I want to say I feel. I am comfortable mm-hmm. signing a minimalist traditional statement of Christian sexuality having to do with male and female sure. in marriage, specifically Christian marriage. Yes. And and mainly that's because I don't think Christian marriage I'm not saying the world's marriage, but Christian marriage. Mm-hmm. OK, don't get mad at me out there, folks, but I don't think Christian marriage is based on the understanding of attraction that is um, that is promulgated in our culture. And so I want I want to unwind that. And I think I got one more statement. Uh, third, um, I just want to say that there are so many layers sexuality and that queer theory unwinds it all for us Mm -hmm. and helps us make sense out of the questions we need to ask and the things we need to sort through. But one thing queer theory does help us see is there's so much sin, misogyny, patriarchy, objectification, commodification, sexualization going on Mm -hmm. in heterosexuality that We've got work to do to unwind it, and and it probably doesn't start with LGBTQ sexuality. It starts with heterosexuality. Right. Right. And by the way, the LGBTQ sexuality is is profitable for the church because it calls and brings into question heterosexuality. Mm-hmm. And so that's my third and final statement. <laughs> and so, I'll, can I can can you give me a fourth statement? A Fourth this? statement? Yeah, no. please. Please,
0: wait, wait, you, you you need a four statement from me about your position.
1: No, okay. no, just let me. Get, I gotta say one more thing. Oh, oh, my oh, view I, I on sexuality saying. in the church is it's inclusive. Everyone, all people are invited into discipleship under the lordship of Christ in relation to our sexuality, regardless of where you are what you're starting with, what identity you have, all are invited in and I might add heterosexuals need to go first. Okay. Okay. I'm done. Okay. I'm done.
0: Okay. So uh and that's all under the spirit's authority.
1: That's all under the spirit's work. Um it all depends on what you mean by spirit's work. If you mean Well I I, I think if that, you mean an inspirational it, word by as an individual, yeah. no. I think that's the rub
0: here. Um I, I don't know this person that um, said that it's not consistent with your stance. Uh, but I have heard it said, and I've had it, heard it argued, and I've heard this from the pulpit and read it, um, that when the Holy Spirit descended you know, in Pentecost and then during the Council of Jerusalem when they opened up um, the Jesus Way to the Gentiles, that's a sign of inclusion, and then the leap is made that we should also be inclusive of people who have non-heterosexual um, sexualities i'm i'm saying that to try to frame this person's argument with you that i wonder if that's how they're how they're hearing what you're <laughs> saying is oh work of a spirit well we know what the spirit does the spirit includes this is an act of inclusion to yeah. include people um, who are part of the lgbtq community into full part, full participation of the church's life. However, you define full particip- full participation.
1: Yeah, well, I think that um, inclusion is uh, more powerful in the church than it is in the world. If inclusion means no matter what your differences are, well, you're probably going to have to include.
0: I mean, sure. I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't know, want, I, know you're right. I don't want
1: yeah, yeah. to engage in. Uh, you're going to have to include Hitler yep. and yep. his Nazi ideologies in the. So no, I will include Hitler as long as he's submitted to Jesus as Lord and wants to unwind the right, ideologies right. that are driving him to self-destruction and the destruction of the world. Yeah. All, we all are included, including people. Well, I better be careful because I'm going to—the most pariah people yeah. on the I, face I, of the earth, I know, I know they're included into Jesus' work yeah. of reconciling the whole world to himself.
0: Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily trying to mix it up too much. I just wanted to give a frame. You're or, just
1: trying to cause trouble.
0: Well, I'm putting myself in this you're person's shoes. You're one of those shoes. people, aren't you? <laughs> I'm putting myself in this, <laughs> this person's shoes, and I'm trying to imagine what it is that they're um, grabbing hold of from your tweet that would— lead them to say that you're not being consistent
1: yeah and so it really is a matter of unwinding the assumptions that drive how we think about inclusion how we think about attraction Mm -hmm. how we think about sexuality how we think about gender and so we're going to have to do that in a class that lasts about 10 weeks (laughs) nice that happens in the ma theology and mission there you go yeah that's a good program All right. So so let me just remind you. Let's get back to uh, where we were. Mm-hmm. I, I think people at least somehow have a sense of my position on both women and men in ministry together and uh, the church's relation to an engagement of LGBTQ sexuality. Um, so this person said, now I said, the move to recognize the ordination of women alongside men is not a slippery slope toward liberalism it's a move towards an on-ramp towards the revival of the spirit's work among us Um, and then this, this becomes really important because it plays right into everything i was just saying about my position having to do with lgbtq sexuality in the church the move to recognize ordination of women is a move away from managed authority of hierarchy toward the spirit's authority that's manifested in mutuality practices of people together under the lordship of christ by his spirit in the gifts you have to have practices to do that by the way and that and and i so so is that that and this person said this is not consistent with my stance on lgbtq sexuality in the church so having said that let's i've got three kind of statements to make that that kind of is this already too thick and dense
0: no these are the three statements that you're using to underscore the four statements that you already said. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Folks, uh, come take a class at, at, at the Northern Seminary MA in Theology and Mission and, and uh, we will sort this stuff out together. But this is just a taste. Okay, so first thing I want to say is, my view on men and women, or women and men, or men alongside women, or women alongside men, in ministry is not complementarian it's not egalitarian it's mutualist uh, men and women together in in mutuality and this relationship is not based on individual equity like we're all somehow equal because that diminishes the difference between men and women mm-hmm and the only reason that we have men and women is because of the difference. and the mutuality is only possible when people are different. And so there are gender differences. Mm-hmm. Now those gender differences are not essentialist, but I can't go into that right now, but they are worked out with real bodies in in culture, economics, arts, roles, et cetera. Um, so so can you like ask me some questions to clarify why I think that's so important? <laughs> well, yeah,
0: I, I have a lot of i I have a lot of questions. Um, <clears throat> maybe we'll we'll just start here. Why um I you know, I, I hear a lot of people who are for women and men in ministry side by side. They use egalitarian language. They use equity language, equality language. Can you unpack that a little more? Why is that so Yeah yeah,
1: I, I, I think the so-called egalitarian model which I, I appreciate the people working in that model. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have those people in the seminary, yeah. obviously, but they're not political theorists. They're <laughs> New Testament mm-hmm. people, okay? And they use biblical exegesis and history to clarify that men and women together have, have been equally included in the structures of authority and ministry of the church, and that's all great, okay? But from my point, the political theory, egalitarian, comes with baggage it's it's comes with baggage that comes from the theories of political liberalism as you know first defined by John Rawls in the 60s where egalitarian means equal rights mm-hmm. and the obliteration of difference yeah uh, you know, you studied uh, John Rawls, the original position. Go behind the curtain. Don't allow anybody's differences to come into matter. We're going to make laws that have no, uh, that are inclusive of all people. Yeah. But the, the problem is, yeah. you give up your particularities in the process of becoming equal, and that's not the way of the kingdom. Yeah. This is Rawls' veil of ignorance. Right? Yes. Um, it, By the way, uh, folks, Mike Morse, graduate of the MATM program, and he just pulled that reference. Yeah. Yeah. Right on.
0: Although uh, credit where credits due, that was uh, that was my sophomore ethics class in, in college. Um, Whoa! But, Ouch! But yeah, yeah. I, I'm also appreciative of your work, Dave. All oh, right, all right, all right. right. <laughs> uh, but sorry. but the, the critique that you're giving it sounds uh, uh, kind of like that second and third wave feminism critique uh, that we're losing people. Okay, people are sorry, going sorry, sorry, now. sorry, Okay, uh, uh, rewind. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. It,
1: it's it's uh, yeah. It goes into uh, well, well, I just want to keep it on a s- simple level. Yeah. Uh, you will just like we do not want, uh, a church that when you come to this church and become part of this body, you have to give up your blackness mm-hmm. or your Asianness, mm-hmm. or your Latin or your whiteness mm-hmm. in a good. Sure. That's an interesting statement I just made. Uh, (laughs) I understand what you're saying. Yeah, okay. Sorry, folks. If that's offensive to anybody, we'd have to unwind that. But we don't want to obliterate difference. We don't want to obliterate cultural, ethnic difference. Mm -hmm. We want instead for us to be mutually in relation where those differences are used by God to create a people. Yes. That witness to yes. reconciliation, transformation yes. of all things. Yeah. yeah, and we see in the incarnation
0: that God works through particularities. Jesus, putting on flesh, coming to a particular place in a family, with a with Israel. That that that's the way that God works
1: out His redemption is through the particular. Right, and so uh, men and women are different. They are two different gendered bodies. Mm-hmm. We don't. We're not. We can't go into this right now, but we don't believe that's essentialist. We believe that's worked out with bodies, in cultures, in economies, in ways of living together, in families, okay? But it's still uh, different. And yeah. it's out of that difference that mutuality uh, is made possible, and we can mutually submit one to another, Ephesians five twenty one, 21. Mm-hmm. And God does something beautiful in the leadership of the church. Yeah. So again, so it's so again, um, this is not about equal rights or everybody gets to be themselves and express themselves equally. It's about there's there's difference here, and it's about mutuality. And I think that difference is kind of like important. So I'm now saying it's different. Your who you are and your story and how your identity is being shaped is different and needs to be submitted one to another in the out of the sanctification of Christ. Mm-hmm. All right. I got you. That's that's a significant part of my position on men and women together in ministry, and that's a significant part of how I see uh, the way we are inclusive in bringing all people to submit to the Lordship of Christ Mm -hmm. in a discipleship of sexuality and gender. Okay, so that's why I I don't want people losing their differences. Okay, second point. Are you ready for this? I'm ready for it. Number two. Not based on worldly power. One of the things that bugs me about— uh, men and women in the egalitarian uh, approach to including including men and women womens into uh, the structures of authority and ministry of the churches doesn 't address the issue of power mm-hmm. and so often what we get is we get uh women being invited into male power structures right and um and that that's a mess that is part of our mess today, yep. We need to under uh, we need to undercut those power structures. Mm-hmm. So the way power works is different for me. I want to see men and women together, not over one another, right. but together, mutually leading out of this posture of mutuality with the rest of the church. Do you get what difference that makes in terms of how you understand men and women in ministry? Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, you and I talk about this a lot, but. This is the unpacking of the senior pastor. Um, you know, We run into this at Northern because we have wonderful women and men th- that come here. Um, but what we're constantly trying to challenge people on is the purpose of theological edu- education isn't to be able to go out and just get a senior pastor job and get the pulpit for... 40- Tell people what to yeah, do. Yeah, 48 weeks out of the year, you get to preach a sermon and uh, top down... Sender to receiver. Uh, this is how you control uh, an environment, um, but but rather there has to be mutuality, as you're saying. But that that has to be discerned uh, through a community of people, not through a uh,
1: positional power. Absolutely, absolutely. And and folks, if you are a senior pastor out there, you feel this problem. Yeah, I think if you're, you know, if you're a senior pastor and you have a senior pastor role,
0: I think. Even if you don't feel the problem, you definitely feel the pressure. Ooh. You know, of having to just keep it going. And and I think actually there's a lot of people who are in that senior pastor role who are themselves uncomfortable with it. But the congregation they're in also won't let them off the hook.
1: Right. And and I think there are ways and and I don't know. I've heard Anglicans talk about this. I've heard Roman Catholics talk about this. There are ways to serve from a a positional place instead of using it for positional power but it does take um, I would say subversive tactics Mm -hmm. or else you get pulled right in to the ways of worldly power so for all those reasons I don't want to use worldly power To uh, mediate conflicts, disagreements, or discernments, I want to foster practices that help us work out what's actually going on in our lives. And in my opinion, heterosexuals have a lot of problems to work out in terms of the way sexuality has been constructed. And if Lucy Erigere or Judith Butler or others are are right, uh, all the other sexualities, especially lesbian and gay sexualities, Mm -hmm. have been built on. The edifice of heterosexuality, and it needs to be uh, un—it needs to be deconstructed. Mm -hmm. All of the like, if you're attracted, let's—if I am a gay man and I'm attracted to a man in the same way that as a heterosexual man I'm attracted to a woman, and I'm sexualizing the woman, it doesn't make it any less right or any. Yeah, it—they're both wrong.
0: Yeah, what what you're saying is this is the same as a woman becoming a senior pastor of a church and promulgating the same issues that a male senior pastor could enforce right no no well
1: no uh no i was actually i was actually trying Uh, to talk the wrong
0: way i'm gonna edit this part out right now
1: but keep going no no i keep it in it it reveals your frailties (laughs) uh yeah yeah, people people have more sympathy for me but uh and and, i need all the sympathy i can get (laughs) uh but but what i'm saying is that uh if we just mediate conflicts from top down in a power yeah yeah and we don't let the practices of reconciliation and unwinding of sin and mm-hmm. misogyny and brokenness in our lives, and it's all through our sexuality, it's just going to perpetuate itself in all the sexualities. And it may even be driving all the sexualities. And so, I mean, in particular, when I see the role attraction plays in heterosexual uh-huh. married couples yeah. and bringing them to, it's a mess. Oh, it's such a mess. It's a freaking disaster. Mm. Okay, and and it's going on in all our churches, okay? And and so we got to look at, we got to ask, what is this? I'm not saying you don't get attracted to your spouse. Right. I'm saying there's a different kind of attraction Mm -hmm. that is worked out in one's mutuality. Right. Right. and narrative with one another in Christ. And we gotta, we got to do some work there. So hmm. all that to say, that work will never get done if we just put a Band-Aid over the problem and say we do not affirm or we affirm. And that's why, and it all has to do with it's not based. My, <coughs> my positions on men and women in ministry and my positions on the LGBTQ sexuality uh, relationship to the church is the same. It cannot be based on worldly power or it just perpetuates okay. more stuff. Uh, that basically begins with heterosexuals. Okay. Uh so so we're running out of time. So I, I want to get to one more thing. Inclusion of a different kind. Okay. Um I've already kind of intimated this. I've already kind of alluded to this this thing that uh um when we're when we're inclusive it's not like we're inclusive of you, you, and you, based on your identity and your identity and your identity. And, and, and I'm talking heterosexual, gay, lesbian, bi, trans, other, uh, queer. Uh, we're not. That's not the basis of inclusion. The basis of inclusion is all are invited into a process of discipleship. I don't even care if you are a pedophile or a... a uh, that, Folks, people are going to get mad if you say this, but if you're a minor attracted person, I believe God can work and unwind what's going on mm-hmm. there in your life. But it's got to be a process of submitting to the process of discipleship. So all people, I don't, we're inclusive of all people. Yeah. And it's not about affirming or not affirming. And so the, every church is in this age that we're in has got to have a process of discipleship. In relation to sexuality and gender, yes, and uh, you got to put it out there, and and it's got to be be developed, hmm. and uh, so that's what I really believe about inclusion of a different kind. I think I think most churches. I actually think, by the way, one last comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's more inclusive than the world's egalitarian political. That's
0: 100 percent right.
1: Yeah, I think it is more inclusive.
0: Um, I think most churches would agree with you, but if I'm listening to this podcast, you know, I would say, okay, I agree with you. We need some sexual, uh, yeah, that's probably how I say it. We need some discipleship around our sexualities and gender and gender. And how do we do that? And that's a different podcast. But,
1: that's a class.
0: <laughs> or that's a class.
1: And I'm not even saying we, we've completely figured it out. I, well, I, 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 don't think,
0: I don't think most churches have figured that
1: part. We are at a cutting, uh, we're, we're at a moment in history where the church has never had to face this and never Mm -hmm. people don't talk about sexuality period I don't like to talk about it frankly Uh, nobody likes to talk about it yet we have to talk about it yeah well yeah because if you don't talk about it uh,
0: people are going to be formed by all the other places that are talking about it we have to
1: have spaces for people to feel safe Mm -hmm. Uh, I think a lot of the uh, attempts uh, to uh, make policy statements about sexuality are an attempt to help those among us who have been marginalized out of their sexualities and they have been Mm -hmm. help them know they are seen and loved. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we need to be able to do that and we need to do that. Well, I'm talking about we, the church. Mm -hmm. Right. And so folks, that's, that's, these are all significant challenges, but to those churches that are going to take this on, and be faithful in this way uh we will grow and we will flourish for the kingdom yeah bear, bear in mind 1 Corinthians 6 Paul is trying to <laughs> Paul is doing sexual the discipleship and sexuality he's asking like okay we have someone who is uh having sexual relationships with his fathers what was it second wife or something yeah Yep. First Corinthians, 6 or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, th- there were there was all sorts of stuff going right. on, and they it took them a while, but they had eventual discipleship mm-hmm. in this area, and this is kind of where we're at today. Yes, yeah, yeah. First and Second Corinthians is a
0: great example of Paul addressing all things in the life of a church,
1: and a very dysfunctional church, mind you. Okay, so we need some concluding statements here. Hmm. What, what have got? you got? Um a concluding um, summary uh, challenge I hate, you know, summary I statement, statement and never, a challenge I never I never enjoy this Oh part. you're so good at oh, it Oh that's
0: I mean I, I, Give it I, a I shot. appreciate that Oh wow I just I feel like I feel all this confidence now <laughs> 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 Um yeah I, I'm feeling something along the lines of like the slow and steady work of uh, discerning and unpacking these things together as the church that's just that's what I'm thinking of. What What do you think?
1: Uh, I like that. I like yours. That. Is going to be a little longer. We you, must how do you commit give it a try? to a slow and steady unpacking, mm-hmm. having conversations, allowing the spirit to work. Yeah. Have the teachers and the pastors in the same room, along with the evangelists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I want people to know that I think uh, recognizing the ordination of women alongside men is key to opening the work of the Spirit among us for all the reasons we gave. And I also want them to know that the work of unwinding and engaging and letting the work of Jesus Christ by His Spirit work in healing the the, the, all the reconciliation, antagonism, brokenness, pain, marginalization in our sexualities needs to happen on the ground and we got to have a process for discipleship and we can't just solve this problem yeah by going i affirm i do not affirm Mm -hmm. so that's my summary statement and that's my challenge to all of us today excellent all right well hopefully uh we'll have a episode coming out after next week too when
0: we we get dr coakley on the podcast
1: yeah, and I'm thinking we can ask her some of these questions because she's written some great books on oh, God and sex. Yes.
0: Yeah, and I think her second book is coming out very soon. I think these
1: lectures are made part of her second book. Uh, she's got several books. What do you mean second Well, book? Uh, the, the second book to— The second volume to her, yes. her uh, Systematics. Yeah, Systematics, yes. yeah. All right, and she wrote a small, accessible book, which took a few chapters and articles and put them together, The New Asceticism. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. But, yeah. All right. Well, folks, we got to wrap this up before we put any more of you people to sleep. <laughs> we hope you thoroughly enjoyed this. We hope you give us a, uh, a nice word or recommendation on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Spread the word about Theology on Mission uh, podcast and, and come to our lectures. We sure would enjoy yeah. having you there. Until then, uh, Mike Moore, it's... Uh, it's Dave Fitch and Mike Moore. I said that already on Theology and Mission Podcast. We'll see you next time.